May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the roles I used to do in um, my previous ministry was that of a hospice chaplain. And on the coffee breaks, I used to have a coffee with the nurses, and sometimes the talk would turn to why some patients were so kind, thoughtful and positive, and just lovely to be with, even in the face of real pain and suffering. While others could be cantankerous, complaining, demanding, and generally quite draining to be with. Of course, it could be to do with someone's personality or the effect of fear and dealing with pain in the thought of death. Who wouldn't be afraid? All powerful stuff. But the thing that really struck me was the thought that you don't just suddenly change to be like they were. You get to be like that because that's what you've practiced all your life. And when your energy and inhibitions are lowered in illness, the heart of who you've become shows itself. In the reading from the New Testament we had this morning, Jesus is asked, Lord, will only a few be saved? But he refuses to answer the question directly and engage in the numbers game, because that's not what it's about. Instead, he turns the question directly back towards the person asking, and all those around, what about you? It's not just a question for others, it's a real question for you. Because those people probably listening to Jesus took it for granted that they were okay, that they would be one of those who would be saved because of their heritage as God's chosen people, because they'd been with him and heard him. It's a shocking thing that Jesus is saying to the people around him. You can't rely on salvation by association. There will be people in the kingdom of heaven, says Jesus, that you never thought for one moment would be there. It's a real challenge, isn't it, to get people to hear something different when their minds are made up and they're closed because they are so sure that they are right and you are wrong. And Jesus, as recorded in the previous chapter before the reading we had this morning, was not mincing his words as he said some pretty difficult things to the religious leaders and the people of Israel as he tried to get them to hear something different. Do you not know, said Jesus, how to interpret these times? And then he goes on to say, I have come to bring fire to the earth. I have come to bring not peace, but division. He's trying to shake them up, to challenge their self-satisfied assumptions about who they are, about what salvation means, and what the kingdom of God looks like. 
He broke conventions, we read, by healing a crippled woman on the Sabbath. And he kept calling the religious leaders hypocrites. We're far too nice to do that. But Jesus had the strong language and called them hypocrites. And then he enters on the teaching of what is the kingdom of God like. And it's not what they're expecting at all as he tells the parables of the mustard seed that grows into a huge spreading tree and all the birds of the air can come and make their nest in it. And then of the yeast, the small amount of yeast that leavens the whole loaf. The kingdom of God starts off really small. It's the seed within, the yeast that leavens your whole life. It's something that has to grow within you. It's what you live and learn day by day and practice so that God's love grows from that small beginning into something really big and strong in you and spreads out to others too for the world so that they can come and nest and find love and hope for themselves. Perhaps this may be a clue as what it might mean to strive to enter the kingdom of God by the narrow way. Not that we have to restrict our lives to a narrow set of rules, which is what we all fear it might mean, but that we allow the seed of God's love to take root in our hearts and lives. Jesus, when he speaks of his impending death and resurrection, referred to his death being like a seed that has to fall into the ground and die before it can give birth to new life and growth. This is the narrow way that the kingdom has to take root in you. The love of Jesus finds its home in you. It starts small. It takes time to practice and patience to grow it in your heart and your life. It has to bubble away like the yeast in the loaf, where it doesn't look like much is happening to start with. But it's there, and it's how you come to know God's love through Jesus. Open your mind, says Jesus. Open your thinking, your heart. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. And I have come to show it to you, says Jesus, in who I am and what I do. Not what those in Jesus' day were expecting. You cannot earn it or put it on on the outside in ways that don't touch the heart. You live it out in practice. Morning by morning, says the prophet Isaiah in that reading we had, Morning by morning, he awakens me, awakens my ear as those who are taught. It gives us a clue about every day in the small ways, making space to open our hearts to hear God, to live with him and learn from him as we live his Jesus life within us. It may feel sometimes like we're walking in the dark as it says at the end of that reading in Isaiah, 
but it's a choice we make to live our lives so that at the last, when we meet Jesus face to face, we will look in his eyes and he into ours. And he will recognize us and we will recognize him. And he will know where we come from, from his heart of love that meets our heart. Amen. So as we sit, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that speaks directly to our hearts. We pray that each of us may have open hearts and minds to hear your word to us, even when it makes us uncomfortable and challenges what we think we know. We pray that for our world as well, for our leaders, who are grappling with difficult things, that they may know from their heart what is the right and good thing to do. We pray that for our church leaders as well, for Sarah, our bishop, and all who seek to follow Christ. And we give ourselves to God this day, all whom we love and share our lives with, all who are in special need of our prayer, we hold before God for his love to touch them. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.